also made the case for owning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply by its design. The total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. It's the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit so we can provide you with the information you need to succeed and persist. Back with one of the weekend solo rips. This is solo rip number two, y'all. And I appreciate you guys for joining me for this second solo rip. I know in the last episode, um, I called it episode 59 for the solo rip. But after that episode aired, I actually wanted to make this a different chain of blocks that are being mined per episode. And I wanted to keep the regular talking in bits where the interviews are at, where the bigger conversation is at as that chain and continue building momentum on there. And then I wanted these solo rips to be a different chain that you guys can actually uh, have consensus on what's good and what's not. Also, I want to give you guys more content, much fresh content, especially much more fresh content, especially here on the weekends when we have extra time, right? When, you know, the fiat job is not kicking our ass during the week, uh, where we have those extra moments uh, to be able to talk about Bitcoin and reflect about, about Bitcoin. And uh, I'm here to bring that to you on a smaller, more condensed weekend episode. Two episodes a week is what we're doing here. We also want to put the pressure on all you other podcasters because we want to make the Bitcoin podcasting space as best as it can be. And we can only do that if we compete with each other. So uh, catch up. Two episodes a week is what we're pushing here and talking in bits. Solo rip. Main channel, uh, Wednesday episodes, Saturday episodes on the weekends. So once again, I appreciate you for joining me for Solo Rip 2. I've gotten this inspiration from a... Um, a few other podcasts where they kind of just run through some numbers here at the, at the beginning. Clark Moody's what I'm using. Um, and I like that concept just because it's more of a timestamp for this episode. We have like a documented reality of what was happening at the moment that this rip or this conversation is going to take place here. Uh, by the way, guys, if you do want to get in touch with uh, we're Talking in Bits just to help us improve, just to support us, head on over to TalkingInBits.com. There's a contact page there. You can fill it out. You can give us feedback on how to improve the show, what type of content you want to hear, and keep your eyes out for that 10K uh, sats for 10 minutes of the show because I also want to include those eventually into these weekend reps, and that's where you volunteer 10,000 sats in order to get 10 minutes of showtime for us to be able to talk about the things that you want to talk about. That's kind of close, just working on that, but I, I want to start dropping the little Easter eggs for you guys to understand that that's where we're headed here, especially with these solo reps. Uh, the bits, uh, and just finding a better schedule to be able to update you on those. The bits are basically, um, you know, my blog post, small segments of thoughts that I have. I write every single morning, so I figure why not drop it in an arena where everybody can see it, everybody can read it, and uh, it can spark conversation. So more of those are coming. Um, just trying to get my timing and my schedule down, trying to keep this thing pumping. Uh, but now that we have all that maintenance stuff out the way and I've given you guys the updates, um, let's get into some of these metrics here and some of these stats. Prices number go up all the time, but at the moment it's forty-six thousand uh, nine hundred and twenty dollars uh, per. Uh, this one's more interesting to me. You can get two thousand one hundred and thirty-one sats right now for every single cuck buck. Shout out to Marty Bent. Uh, but yeah, every single cuck buck will get you guys uh, two thousand sats for dollars right now. And, and if you know where this is going, and we talk about it on the show all the time, that's a steal right now. I mean, there's going to be a day where we get this unison thing where a dollar equals one Satoshi and think about the conversations you're going to be having either good or bad 
if uh, depending on if you bought sets nowadays or not. Imagine the person that's paying 50 bucks and they're only getting 50 sets when you can remember a time when you were getting, you know, 2,000 sets per dollar. That's about 100,000 sets there for that same 50 bucks. We are going to get to that point. So that's why I like to keep uh, an eye on sets per dollar. Um, The last difficulty adjustment was actually um, two weeks ago because we have a new difficulty adjustment dropping tonight. The last one was negative 0.4, which means that, you know, Anybody who's mining right now, difficulty drop. That means more sats are on the table. Um, that's an easy way to say that. It's actually more complicated, but that's kind of what it means to the miners, which is why I actually watch it. And we have a new one 43 blocks away um, that should be either today or tomorrow, uh, 43 blocks, about 10 minutes or so. So you guys can do the math there, but it's in- impending. And this one jumped up to 3.8%. And uh, that's a big jump from negative 0.4%. A lot of us miners are going to take a hit here, but that's the name of the game. The name of the game is how long can you keep connected? I mean, you could go back to the episode I did with Hoddle Tarantula, the few episodes where we talked about mining, and he brings up the point of like, you need it's how long you can stay in the game. That's the point. So every two weeks, this adjustment switches up. And if you have the the endurance and the, the energy resources uh, and the creativity sometimes to be able to stay online more than the other miners can, then you end up winning because once that difficulty, that hash drops and that difficulty drops, so does your earnings and so does your return there. So that's meant to happen um, sometime t- tomorrow. I believe that 44 blocks is not hitting tonight. Uh, East Coast time here. But that's the really cool part about that. Right now at the mempool, while we're doing this, we're eight blocks behind. We have eight eight blocks in the mempool right now, uh, and, and things are chugging on uh, along there. Um, and, and things uh, I like the Samurai Whirlpool unspent count. So Samurai Whirlpool, if you guys don't know, is 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 a basically a way to to join market uh, through Samurai, through Ronin, through the the setup that they have, and they actually got four thousand about 4,500 Bitcoin and liquidity in there and the Whirlpool pools, which makes it more and more enticing um, to be able to Whirlpool for not only your UTXO privacy, um, but to just stay anonymous across the board. Now that they have more liquidity in there, it should mean that there's more Whirlpools happening um, from time frame to time frame. So that's a, another really good number I like to look at here. Uh, but let's get with it, guys. Um, that's just a little bit of Clark Moody here. I do have some show notes here. Okay, so it was, all right. So this one was actually pretty interesting. I want to start with lightning over ham radio. So let me pull up this article here. I believe MVK was involved here, and somebody else. Uh, yep, Rodolfo Novak, which is MVK of CoinKite, and uh, to developer Bloomberg columnist Elaine Yu. I don't know who Elaine is, but she was the other party here, and uh, they were able to successfully. Um, basically pull off a Bitcoin transaction over ham radio. Now, this isn't actually new. I think it's something MVK has been talking about for a while and other Bitcoiners, whereas like we can't just depend <clears throat> on the internet for us to be able to broadcast Bitcoin transactions. That's a failure point there if the internet were to ever go away. I know Blockstream is, is doing stuff like this with their satellites, being able to cast transaction. That's another route. So um, ham radio is just old school ham radio that still broadcasts as a signal. And uh, it, yeah, you, you were able to do this. I do believe later on, in fact, the idea, it says the idea itself is a brainchild of Nick Sabo. Shout out to Nick Sabo, inventor of the smart contract. Uh, they presented the idea in 2017 at the Scaling Bitcoin Conference in San Francisco, arguing at the time that it could help Bitcoin build resistance, which is what I just uh, what I just brought up, to our partition attacks. Researchers argue potentially will be used against the network. 
Um, let me look in here a little deeper just because I have you guys here and find out what a partition attack is. Uh, hackers could attack Bitcoin with a flood of data, but researchers say that they have a solution in the form of relayed networks called Saber. So this is a completely different rabbit hole. But what it looks like is, is that um, just being able to fire off a, a bunch of information into the network, maybe to spoof the network, maybe to, to you know, um, break into the network. Developers, if you know what a partition attack, definitely feel free to correct me on that. But it's supposed to build resistance in that sense. Um, this is sort of like the uh, um, the China situation with the Great Firewall, where only certain things are able to come in versus certain things are able to come out. That's obviously a more extreme scenario and a more extreme uh, situation, but obviously one that can actually play itself out here in real time. So super cool um, that 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 was able to happen. But they did, you know, they did acknowledge here at the end um, that is it's unrealistic because in this scenario, in this example. Um, the two sides had to coordinate, right? And when you coordinate, obviously it's easy to send and receive and be waiting for that. But the problem with that is, is if you don't coordinate, meaning that like you're on two other parts of the world right now, there's no reason for, there's no way currently for you to be able to set that endpoint up with that start point and everybody ready, you know, both parties ready for the transaction to go back and forth. I still think this shows just how incredible Bitcoin is and how incredible Bitcoin will become. I still think this is a great example of Bitcoin's versatility, right? And, and the different layers and things that you can actually build on top of a Bitcoin. And the fact that Bitcoiners refuse to just be satisfied with what's working. They always want to make it better. They always want to improve it. They always want to make it more secure. And, um, you can't really say that for, obviously, the current uh, fiat system, which is reversed. There's a few people here that are not trying to make this better. Um, they're actually trying to sell you on baloney to tell you it's going to get better, but they're actually doing malicious and what I would call crimes against humanity in the background when they regulate and when they make these laws and these moves with the fiat dollar. And not to mention that you know all the distribution of the fiat token right, or the fiat dollar is all centralized within that central node, right? That federal node, the railways that connect, you know, European exchanges to the U.S. That's all one master node that's basically making that, that decision as opposed to our proof of work system here and our, our, our Bitcoin where it's all, uh, you know, the people are the nodes. The consensus is there across the board. So let me just read here just to get off this topic real quickly. The equipment is currently not the hard part. It's currently the hard part. You need a radio that supports these frequencies, the cheapest way is with a software-defined radio, which is about $200 for something that could transmit lower power signals uh, or thousands for higher power transmitter. You know, I, I still think that if the if the reward is there, then then the effort is worth it when it comes to this thing. So, like, he's naming a price here. You know, you could also pay $250 for a node and have, you know, verifiable uh, proof of wealth there. Uh, in your own little computer and some would say that that's too expensive but the ones that are trying to get that 100% uh, verification across the board are willing to pay that price tag um, same thing here with uh, with this some people may say that a few thousand dollars to do this is a bad thing but the more and more people agree that we have to eliminate these single points of failure uh, uh, in the system or in the network the more and more people will pay to make that a reality or the technology was make, will make that you know, over time, cheaper technology, which then means that that thousand dollar higher power transmitter, when the demand goes up from people, may turn to 750, may turn to 500. And that's just the way these things in technology work, especially when there's a demand for these things. Uh, um, you know, there's, there's a race to basically to the bottom to make sure that the demand is met. Uh, but super cool on that topic. Uh, Bitcoin coder send 
uh, a transaction over ham radio successfully, a lightning payment on top of that, which means that not only have we traversed the first layer, which is fantastic. And like I said, I think developers have offered that before, but a layer two payment, which is instant settlement uh, on a ham radio, I think it's just fascinating. And I, I truly hope that, you know, not only MVK and uh, and this person, Elaine, uh, who here continue to test it, but Bitcoiners as a general, um, especially in parts of the world where we don't, where they, ham radios are a little bit more prevalent than they are here in the United States here. So that's a super interesting topic. I'll leave the links as always in the show notes for y'all. And we're just going to keep jumping around here and see what conversations we want to get to. Oh, this is perfect. So this is uh, the topic here is verifiable wealth. And the uh, the tweet is actually from a Twitter handle called 402 Payment Request, REQ. I'm assuming that's request. Oh, no, 402 Payment Required. Um, I'm not sure what a 402 payment is. But the post is basically a 20-year-old beaten up secondhand $50 laptop can audit the Bitcoin network for the total amount of Bitcoin supplied in less than a minute. I knew this already, y'all. Like, this is just a proof of why big blocks will never work and why, you know, if you read back to the the, the block size wars, you're going to understand why it would never work because, you know, then nodes, like I just said a little while ago, that a 200 to $250 wouldn't be able to have the computational power, wouldn't be able to afford to be able to play ball and, and, and do these type of things. Why is this important? Well, the same reason the ham radio may be prevalent in other parts of the world because um, com- computational power, the, ac- the access to computational power and resources to buy these things will become you know, harder and harder and harder if blocks were to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is just another test, uh, another reminder uh, of Bitcoin's resiliency. And what you can do is on your node or, or in any, any type of Bitcoin CLI uh, command window, you could basically, and, and this is actually in my Twitter bio, uh, deathbed, not talking in bits, um, you can actually put run the command Bitcoin hyphen CLI or CLI, get TX out set info, right? And this is how we get basically the uh, um, basically the total amount of Bitcoin that was already supplied. This is how we can verify, you know, how, how many transactions there, how big the disk space, disk space is. So hard drive wise, right now looking like about 500 gigs, we're approaching that. This is in 13 years, y'all. Like, that's a lot of information just to have in 400 gigs, considering this video file right here is probably going to run close to the 400 gigs, and we're only going to be sitting here for about a half hour. So the fact that a 20-year-old beaten secondhand $50 laptop can run this command and run numerous other commands on the network and verify the supply, right? And we all know that there's 21 million. We're approaching 19 million coins that are about to be mined, and we can verify this with a little small node of 200 bucks, or in this gentleman's example, a secondhand $50 laptop. I think that's just incredibly magical. I actually ran this on this MacBook that I'm recording this, the same command. You know, this is not a $50 uh, laptop device, but it's starting to reach its age plateau. This is probably like a 2016 laptop or MacBook. And in less than a minute, I was able to not trust any node, third-party nodes, but be able to verify, verify that this is indeed the total amount that Bitcoin that has been, um, you know, mined and supplied into the network. And then we all know what that total cap is, uh, which is 21 million uh, that will ever exist. It gives you other things like transaction outs, right? So the number of transaction outputs, um, the best block. uh, I'm not sure what that is, but if I were to guess, I think that's the hash for the very previous block, which means it's the latest block, hence is the best block. 
I, I could be wrong on that. But this just has fascinated me just because it's mathematically out there, right? But it actually works, right? And then the people, when people ask me, well, how can you trust a computer? Well, you're not really trusting the computer. You're trusting the math. The computer is just the way that you get to see that math firsthand. And then the thing is, is that you, it, you can do it whenever you want, right? So it's not like a, a, like a website that needs to stay up in order for us to get that constant price, like maybe a Clark Moody. And then when it goes down, we're kind of like in limbo. This is the Bitcoin network, and you can always type in this Bitcoin CLI commands. Um, for most nodes nowadays, you can get this, but just look up Bitcoin CLI and figure out how you can run that, most likely a node, and you can get this information. Um, super incredible resiliency for the network. And this helps individuals uh, outside of America or just in, in places where you know resources are very thin to be able to get smaller, older devices like Windows computers, leftovers, and be able to still verify their wealth, which is the most important thing that you should be able to verify. Good luck going to that master fiat node and asking them to show you that ledger. That's impossible. They won't do it. They probably don't even have it in order for all we know. So that's just to compare there, um, the power of Bitcoin. Uh, uh, and, and just to transition there, <laughs> this is why we need proof of work. And this is why these miners do what they do and why our nodes are able to verify not only the supply, but the actual blocks that are being proposed to the network from the miners to make sure that the consensus rules stick with every single block. Unlike, and we talk about this all the time on the show, Ethereum. So um, hackers steal 600. I don't even know what MM means. Is that like multi-million? Or, or, I mean, I'm just going to say 600 million and ETH, Ethereum, from the Ronin blockchain, um, the one underlying Axie. I'm going to be real with y'all. Y'all know how I feel about Ethereum. I'm not following what Axie is. I don't know why it's a Ronin blockchain and not an Ethereum blockchain. Maybe somebody, hopefully not, maybe somebody could explain it to me. Um, when I think about Bitcoin, I think about the Bitcoin blockchain, not like the other type of blockchain, blockchain that runs Bitcoin. Um, but 600 million, um, and it took six days from what I hear in other reports um, for this to actually be a thing. For, meaning that for anybody to actually notice that this was actually happening, I, I, don't, I, I can't even fathom, first of all, how weaker blockchains, how Ethereum is not just sourced in one chain, right? So that all the proof of stake because they don't even have proof of work is at least on that one chain and said they, they get these smaller chains which obviously have a bunch of uh, honeypots and a bunch of different ways to get in if I were to even go a little bit conspiracy theory and a little bit uh, deeper I'm going to go on a limb and say that this was just a rug pull these developers just know they build this blockchain and then whoops there goes everybody's money to our back pocket that nobody can tell um, this is just crazy to me this is just, you know, once again, we're, we're getting constant reminders in this episode, in this solo rip of like not only the, the, the strength of Bitcoin and how we continue to improve it and, and a little bit of why it's, you know, sensor proof and verifiable. And then we get stories like this all the time. If you're listening to this show and you're still on the fence about shit coins and you don't know, you know, I listen to talking to bits, but, you know, death is a little crazy and I don't really understand you know his, his concepts behind why Ethereum doesn't work and, and last year I made X amount of dollars on Ethereum this is why it doesn't work oh you know I don't even go to casinos so maybe that's why I don't understand why shit coins work because to me if I'm gambling with money that I could be doing something else with something more solidified like 
preparing for my future, low time preference, legacy, my kids, then why the hell would you catch me on an Ethereum blockchain named Ronin that underlies Axie that's probably running on an Amazon cloud server? Why is that a proposition? Well, I'll tell you why that's a proposition for some people. Because you're not doing enough work to understand Bitcoin or to get the resources that you need to make Bitcoin make sense to you. If that makes any, you know, any sense, no pun intended there. So do your work if you're still dealing with Ethereum. I hope none of this ever happens to any of the listeners to the show. Uh, I hope this doesn't happen to anybody I know, right? But people that know me know that I'm going to go deep on Bitcoin. I'm going to explain to them and give these examples, which is what I'm doing here, on why that just doesn't work and why we need to just stay away from that. So 600 million here. Not really sure. Let me see if I can dig a little deeper here. Um, somebody put, I noticed that the Axie bridge was exploited uh, for 600 million six days ago. So I shorted AXS with high leverage. You see? I That's just weird to me. So now... Um, oh, maybe this person was just ahead of the ball during those six days that everybody must have been sleeping at the wheel. So this person basically said, hey, I rug pulled. Once I saw this thing happen and I got the hell out of there, which I, let's be honest, I think everybody would do. But the way she made a sound made it seem like she might have been even in, or he, I'm not sure, might have even been in this situation. So I, I, I really don't know how that works, but I do know that, and, and I'll put the link here to this thread where there's actually people showing a diagram on how... Um, this can potentially happen and this threat actor here. So really cool information. Um, I actually do get interested when it comes to hacks, but not because I want people to see hack, but because they're lessons learned uh, for the majority of us and for, you know, um, yeah, they're just a, a lesson learned across the board. So um, definitely want to just bring that up there. Another reason why we need a definitely big oof to ETH and uh, they're going to continue to get it because they can't get their shit right. Their shit is proof of stake. Uh, um, we all know that it's not proof of work. Um, you can't verify it because the stakeholders serve sort of like the fiat node serves and the fiat system. Uh, so very strange. All right. Now, speaking of ETH and speaking of, you know, the, the most FUD that Bitcoin can ever get from an angle. Another shit corner right here. So Green, uh, Greenpeace is a uh, newly formed crypto billionaire lobby to change Bitcoin code. Co-founder, um, I don't know his first name here, Ripple, uh, from Ripple, uh, Larson. Uh, let me do a little, Chris Larson. <sighs> if I could say the term rug pull all over again, I'm going to say the term rug pull all over again. This is just another, another sour grape here. And the ever, I mean, just look at all the forks of Bitcoin and all the coins that have, ha have gone to shit, you know, when it comes to Bitcoin. Um, this is just another example of that. Uh, so we, they got a bunch of billionaires that are basically saying that, you know, the same FUD that we've been hearing for a little bit of time, which means that, you know, um, the climate is being impacted by Bitcoin. Bitcoin miners are, are, are doing, are, are, you know, you could use uh, th the amount of Bitcoin powered by miners enough to power like Sweden. These crazy, you know, long used FUD tactics that Bitcoiners have to the end of time not only given proof of the uh, uh, of uh, of them being wrong, but continue to have these debates over Twitter spaces, over blog posts, over podcasts. It's just a continual thing. This is just a cash grab mixed with sour grapes. Um, these individuals are gonna like push 
uh, and scare the normies, as we like to call them, away from Bitcoin by using this FUD and using that climate as a, you know, first of all, for as an insecurity for why their coins don't work, right? But then the other tactic is is the rug pool, right? They'll start this other initiative that'll get backed by ETH or something like that. They'll claim to have a cleaner coin, maybe the U.S. stable coin that that that's impending from the Biden administration. Maybe they'll claim that that's the cleaner coin, and they'll you know work together and get a bunch of funding to come in. But eventually, what they're gonna do is they're gonna rug pull everybody. Whether they rug pull you with legislation by sneaking into like I said, the the the, the U.S. Uh, CDC or whatever the the, the stable coin. Um, or, or, or different avenues like that. They're going to use examples like China banned Bitcoin. So China must know that there's something wrong. But what they're really missing, people that like to waste their time with nonsense like this, is the fact, like I said, that this has been refuted. This has been explained. I've actually went through, through a, uh, went to a few conferences when I was in Austin last where miners went and continued to explain this FUD. Continue to explain why Bitcoin mining is not only going to strengthen the electricity grid, which is great for citizens, but it's also that miners and mining companies find clever ways to be able to reuse wasted and stranded um, sources of energy. We, you know, back to the the Hado Tarantula episode, we talked about you know off grid mining and, and, and gas flares and stuff like that. This is all fud, guys, and and I see this just like the block size wars, just like all the other fud. I see this falling apart. Uh, faster than they could pick up. It's going to scare some normies. They're going to be able to jump off. But ultimately, what's going to end up happening is, is um, you know, they, they're going to scare a bunch of normies uh, and it's going to it's going to fall off. Um, they're going to try to prove, uh, push. I think they be- I believe they already are proof of stake being better than proof of work because their argument is, is because of the outdated. I think I saw that somewhere here. Outdated Bitcoin proof of work system that, um we're basically using way too much energy and having this. But anybody who understands proof of work understands that proof of work is how we get away from that central fiat node that nobody can read the transparent to. Proof of work is how we, with our $200 nodes, can verify that that energy and and and, and uh, went behind the, the creation of that block and, and the in, inscribing on the ledger, if that makes any sense. So uh, this is just a bunch of baloney. Don't let them ever prove to you that proof of stake is better than proof of work. And if you need any proof, there's a few ways you can find it very easily. Fiat system, central node, is a proof of stake uh, concept. Ethereum, like we just talked about in the previous hack, that's a proof of stake concept. Bitcoin, on the other hand, is a proof of work concept and one that for 13 years has continued to 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 uh, be, the, uh, be the, the, the number one predator when it comes to separating money and state and the MVP and that and that arena. So I wouldn't let them try to talk you off of this. Um, they really just want to change the code. And this is how clueless they are. They actually think that just a few mining operations and a few developers can get together and change the consensus to Bitcoin. You know what? That's just for the normies. Any Bitcoiner knows that that's not going to happen. And if you, are, you guys are going to fork it and you are going to do some different things, by all means, go right ahead. Go fork it. My node is going to continue to sit on this chain and my node is going to continue to to have Satoshi's consensus uh, and follow that consensus. And just like all those other coins and whatever scam you guys got going on, it's going to fall apart. It's going to fall apart. This is just a bunch of FUD. Uh, If I was concerned about Bitcoin as a competitor, says Larson, probably the best thing I could do is just let it continue on its path. This is just an unsustainable path. 
FUD, 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 FUD. In recent years, Larson said he re- refocused on philanthropy. I have a marketing background. That's a red flag to me there. Uh, philanthropists don't really boast about being philanthropists. Not all the time, but most of the time that rule applies. Bitcoin environmental concerns came to the forefront last year when Elon Musk said Tesla could resume accepting Bitcoin payments after 50% of the mining. Also dumb, also FUD. Where did Elon get with that? You let me know. We kept on trucking. Mines continue to get blocked. Proof of work should not be changed. Uh, And the campaign believes that about 50 key miners, crypto exchanges, and core developers have the power to change Bitcoin. You know, for somebody who has their own shitcoin uh, and Ripple, you really are clueless about how this works. And this is actually what gives me confidence and bodes me well when it comes to my knowledge in Bitcoin is that a simple guy like me is pound for pound just smarter than than these guys that are already smart and that have already done something. So you're either faking the funk, meaning that you're not actually that smart, or like I said a little while ago, you're getting incentivized to do this. You're going to rug pull a bunch of people, and, and it's either or. Um, Bloomberg Green, this is this this is just fantastic. I'll leave the links in the show notes, guys, um, so you guys can read through this FUD and you can get a little bit of more understanding of what's happening here. I think I have another post here on it. It's just crazy. Bitcoin, yeah, this is actually their campaigns thread, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, Bitcoin, uh, it's called Change the Code. Uh, the handle is Clean Up Bitcoin, and it says Bitcoin uses more energy than some countries. As a network all around the globe, maybe, but that doesn't mean that in the U.S. we're doing that. Um, and it's already resurrecting fossil fuel plants and driving devastating climate impact. I see White House all over this, man. Uh, we can produce, we can reduce Bitcoin's carbon emission and make a, a crypto cleaner. Yuck, 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 yuck. You can't, you can't, I want you guys to just read through this thread. I'll leave it in, the, in uh, do this thread. I'll leave it in the show notes because they actually made a thread. We know the problem. Bitcoin uses an outdated technology called proof of work. That is just nonsense. Please do your due diligence on proof of work and on Bitcoin. I really got nothing else to say here besides be careful for these charlatans. I'm actually... You know, just to talk about like the strength and the verification here as a last point of Bitcoin that we've talked about here. I'm actually impressed that people continue to try to attack Bitcoin over and over and over and over again. And sort of like the Internet, Bitcoin is undefeated. It's taken all this FUD. It's taken all this attack. All these, like, you know, I can do it better forks and all these that's broken, let me fix it forks. And it has completely chewed them up. Not by doing anything like trying to adapt and be like the other chains or what they do or what's better on this one or whatever, but by sticking to its core principles and allowing everybody, the free market, to be able to um, achieve consensus across the board. And this and everything else that I've been talking about in this episode is exactly why we're in Bitcoin, exactly why... Bitcoin is going to win, is winning. We're going to win because of this same exact situation here and all the stuff that I've gone over here. It's versatility going over broadcast and ham radio. That's insane. Good luck trying to shoot, you know, video over a a ham radio. Not happen. It's verifiable by even the cheapest of devices, which is extremely powerful. And the reason that, you know, all over the world, we can verify this blockchain and be able to achieve consensus. Um, ETH is oof. And them getting hacked show why that type of, uh, uh, I call it a piece of shit, but proof of stake system does not work, right? Uh, and, and then people attacking Bitcoin over and over with FUD that has already been 
um, you know, settled basically in my opinion. Imagine you had an ex-girlfriend that continued to bring the same argument over and over. <laughs> and most, some people out here probably do, but keep bringing the same argument and you keep shooting it down and they just keep coming back. That's what it feels like here. It's actually very impressive that all these individuals are trying to take down the hardest money of all time. And they're going to fail just like they all did. And this gentleman here, who I'm sure is versed in the history of Bitcoin, maybe not, go check out what happened to block size, you know, and all the other coins um, that kind of went through this same thing that you're trying to say, which is Bitcoin bad, we do good. Um, I, I see White House written all over that, but time will tell. This is why we win. This is why we continue to do it. Um, that's going to wrap up the solo rip two. You can find this in the same exact places that you can find the actual talk, uh, you know, weekly stream of talking in bits. Uh, we want you to go to Bitcoin only, Bitcoin friendly services because that's how we can help scale those services. And those services can in turn learn from us and help us out, the creators, to be able to get to you. So that's Bitcoin TV. If you want to check out the video, if you want to listen to us and stream us some value, that's how we keep all this beautiful setup and keep the lights on. You can listen to us on podcasts. Uh, 2.0 powered apps like Fountain. That's our favorite here on the show. Shout out to Fountain. Um, and you can use Breeze and any other type of podcasting app that allows you to stream us some sets. We really appreciate that. But let's use Bitcoin only stuff. If you're not that far versed into the Bitcoin universe, then you can definitely check us out on all your other favorite legacy platforms. We'll definitely be there as well. Um, as always, I appreciate you guys. Look out for more updates. Look out for the merch. Um, you can find all the content in a more condensed place so it's not all over the place. Video, audio, show notes, um, blog at talkinginbits.com. That's the website. Go there, show us some feedback, give them some love. Look out for the new stuff we got going on. I appreciate you guys' support since the very beginning of Talking In Bits and it continues to get better. Remember, I give you my time for absolutely free, so I give you my heart, y'all. That's exactly how I work and that's exactly why this will work and we will all win. So for solo episode rip two, I'll catch y'all next week. Later.